Well, this is our first episode of the 2022 and apologies to all of you that we did not release an episode last week, but uh, I am sure you won't be disappointed because we have a very special guest in Prashant Singh today who is the owner of Thane City FC and he does multiple other things as well. But today we'll be focusing only about Thane City FC and what he's been doing and what he intends to do with the club and academy over there. Well, we've been wanting to meet up and catch up off the record as well, but here we are. I got him on the show and and uh, well, let's see how enjoy the conversation. Prashant, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Siju. And like, rightly said, our catching up is definitely pending since a long time. Once this third wave settles down, we definitely have to catch up. That'll all be mostly what we will be speaking of the record. So it anyway can't be captured online. Uh, so here we go. And firstly, Prashant, I've been, I think from the time that I've been wanting to get you on the show and... Till today, like we finally have you, there's been so much developments, right, personally for you and a lot of things for uh, beneficial that happened for Mumbai football at large as well. Firstly, let's start with that. Thane City FC. Prashant, why don't you take me over how did this whole thing start? And yeah, from from the scratch, uh, I would like you to take us on a journey of Thane City FC. Yeah. Um, So basically what had happened is uh, I was working in Delhi, then I moved to Bhubaneswar. And when I came back to Thani in January 2020, before that, I had already uh, researched on a few things and how the club culture is working in India. So uh, one thing for sure was that there cannot be a one name pan India. You know, you cannot carry just one brand across India. A successful club, which is very much connected to the community, has to be very hyper-local. Uh, so that was the plan in starting Thane City FC. We wanted a name, uh, firstly, that resonates with uh, a location, with a community, and which is hyper-local. So you won't see Thane City FC in Delhi, Bangalore, Calcutta, and Pan-India. So Thane City is basically in and around Thane itself. So that was the basic idea in which, uh, you know, for a club to really be connected to the roots and to the community, it has to be very hyper-local and we cannot have a brand that goes pan-India. So yes, uh, that's how uh, the whole ideation process started. And then uh, luckily I had good team members which bought into this idea. And, uh, you know, together we thought and we are still working on making this the 21st century Mohan Bagan, in which, you know, the club is very much connected to the roots. Well, that said, you spoke about uh, your team members. Now, coming to that, you have definitely picked some of the best from the local scene as well, right? And I think that's the way to go about to give chance and opportunity for not just players on the field, but also players that you gather off the field for a great team to function. Tell us something more about your management, including your coaching staff. And, you know, you recently had a TD uh, being appointed a, a known face in Mumbai football for sure. But for a larger audience, if you can tell us some more bits about your coaching staff, stuff and the management yeah so as of now uh, in the management it's it's like a small startup uh, we are a team of 12 in which uh, of course coaches comprise i mean the technical team is of 10 and there are two people who are working on admin that is uh, myself and aniket monde uh, so what had happened is initially before hiring aggie i was the one uh, acting technical director as well so uh, it was very difficult to do both the administrative part, business development part, as well as monitor everything 
that's going on on the field. So that's when we thought we do need someone who is dedicated and only specific for all the technical aspects because no matter how much of a brand you build online, ultimately what matters is, you know, what do you deliver on the ground? So that's when we thought like uh, we'll hire uh, someone that who is dedicated in making sure uh, that the quality control is in check, the coaches are up to date, and you know the children get the best training possible in and around Thane. So Aggie and me, we had already worked. Uh, we started working together in 2014 or 15, I assume, and it's been like a, a six, seven year old uh, relation that we already had. Plus he gets with him a lot of expertise. He himself is an A-licensed coach. Plus also he has, you know, a decade-long experience with the American School of Bombay. So he is the right kind of guy that not only fits in our technical requirements, but in terms of value systems, he, and I mean, he shares the similar values that we have in our company. You know, like when we talk about the holistic growth, it's not just football, 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 but balancing your academics, balancing the other social skills, the soft skills that we get apart from just the uh, technical competence that a child gets. So in terms of technicality and in terms of value, we got Aggie on board. Uh, apart from that, we recently even teamed up and partnered with Dale D'Souza. So Dale D'Souza is working as a consultant uh, and with our team growing. And one thing we want to be certain about right from the start is that because right now it's a small firm, like we are just 10, 12 people. But right from the word go, we want to make sure that the people that we bring in and the culture that we cultivate and, you know, the values that we have, they have to be uh, in place from day one. So Dale uh, would be helping us. Uh, so we are not calling him HR. We are calling him uh, head of people and culture. So he would be basically looking into uh, you know, it's a long-term shot, of course. It, it's not like uh, a few months. Probably we've given him a year's time in which he would uh, see the value system and make sure everybody aligns with the same value system, be it the coaches, the technical director, the owners, or even the kid boy. Uh, everybody has to align to a certain value system. And apart from that, we do have uh, Nathan, sir, who's been with me uh, since the start. Uh, he's the head of player development. He himself is uh, a FIFA grassroots certified coach. So he brings in a lot of experience with him. He's an ex-Navy player. Again, uh, he's someone who uh, really, you know, puts in the value system on the ground as well. So whenever we are hiring anyone, uh, they also uh, go through uh, Nathan sir. So he's the one who is also like interviewing them. Right. I mean, you've got not only people who know uh, the scene I mean, at the domestic and when I say very down le to level of Thane or Mumbai, they are also experts at the sport and at the game, the technical aspect of it as well. My next question to you is, how has the response been from the people from Thane? And when you started this, you mentioned, yes, you wanted to be a community side uh, club, but also the fact that uh, probably did you speak to people around there when you, you know, at least the football loving folks and did you find out how the response was before you could start and how has it been now? Uh, to be honest, of course, we did not speak to people beforehand, but we already had a community where we were training around 400 children and we were uh, regularly in contact with, you know, 400 families. So 
with that being said uh, of course it was uh, a proactive step and it it is going to take a long time uh, what we did was we started a community leaders program in which we had and we shortlisted 12 uh, leaders from thane and uh, four of them at least are very active and they contribute on a weekly basis in fact some of the brighter ideas uh, some of the uh, ideas which you see on their social media handles as well they have come from the community leaders so uh, of course we are not there yet we are still a long way from really uh, you know impacting the community uh, at the grassroots level but what we are doing is of course we are taking one step at a time so for now it will be you know increasing the number of children that are there in the soccer school and once this whole uh, pandemic situation uh, settles down we also plan to get into the community in the sense we would be happy to adopt one or two uh, municipal schools and in which we uh, teach them some life skills and using football as a tool so uh, of course there are a few projects in the pipeline uh, which would help us create a better bond with the community and are we there yet the answer is no it's 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 going to take a few more years yeah and i think nobody's going to come at you to ask what have you been doing because you've just started and i'm sure less like you mentioned the journey is going to be long and probably down couple of down years uh, you know we sit down again for a show i'm sure most of these things uh, god willing it will it will happen and you know your projects will kick off well let me ask you about the women's football scene right we are yet uh, to be there at the level of how in terms of at the structure and you know more game time at least comparatively to what the men are playing uh, for our women but considering this month is special we'll be hosting the afc asian cup for the women and uh, you've been i've also read and we've also spoken otherwise you've been very actively speaking about the whole structure the development of the women's football uh, not just on the field but off the field i think things that kept you busy during web as was that you spoke about relevant topics revolving women's football uh, during the you know the last i think the lockdown period so how important it is for thane city fc the women's football development and if you can share what have you been doing uh, so far yep uh, women's football is uh, pivotal of course in our uh, mission and vision it's also because it has a lot of uh, uh, you know social element to it uh, with that being said you know we don't want to look at women's football as if you know we it's just one of the tick box i mean we with one of the check boxes we just say okay we are doing it for the sake of it we we actually believe that in terms of competence and in terms of merit as well uh, women's football is going to get us uh, more recognition in on an international platform compared to men's so it's not just that we are doing it uh, as as charity we we strongly believe that uh, in terms of competence as well uh, women's football have women footballers have a a better chance of excelling than their male counterparts um, apart from that as of now as even you might be knowing the the situation in mumbai football uh, around women is uh, is very volatile because uh, there are uh, you know not many players and all the uh, tournaments that are happening are happening only for the open age so what is happening is you know there is this one generation of players that keep switching clubs and if you see 
you know, this group going and playing for that club. Next season, they are in some other club and then they are in some other club. That's why there is no consistency and there is no, there is no club that is really up there for a, uh, for a while, like for uh, consecutive two, three years. And we also see an influx of a lot of players from other states, uh, which has its own pros and cons. I'm not for it or against it. But what is happening as of now uh, in Mumbai football, especially around women, is that I think we need more tournaments for, you know, the younger age groups. We need more under-18 tournaments in which, of course, uh, the the generation that is playing and excelling right now, nothing against them, even they have been an idol and they have been the one who played an, uh, who played a pivotal role in at least, uh, you know, popularizing the sport in Mumbai. But then we also have to think about the next generation because if you only keep having uh, open age tournaments, then it is going to be uh, only these players uh, coming and participating and excelling. So we won't be giving chance to younger girls. So especially IWL is also uh, thinking of having its own under 18 as well as an under 15 league. And once that happens, it opens door for all the other small academies uh, who can then really start, you know, nurturing uh, the talented girls from a younger age, from the age of 13, 14, and not directly just, you know, calling one girl and she gets her friends and then we have a star-studded team this year and next year, again, we rely on them. So I think um, it is uh, Mumbai football, it is going to take some time and uh, the only uh, thing that can really help uh, Mumbai football as of now is to have more underage uh, tournament for girls. And that is something uh, that Thane City FC would uh, really be happy to participate in. In fact, uh, initially, when we started off two years ago, we were aiming the IWL. But once we came to know the development around the uh, IWL for younger age groups, now that is something we aspire more than the senior women's team. Yeah, talking about the senior team, Thane City yet don't have a senior team in my understanding and my knowledge that much I know uh, in any of the categories. But it's focusing completely on as of now grassroots and you know building towards making that senior team from down to uphill. Tell us something more about that angle and that kind of uh, you know sustaining the club as well because it's also a scouting pool for other teams, right? If if somebody grow goes on, if somebody's joined you at the age of ten or twelve. And there is some other category of, say, under 15 or, you know, and the kid grows. So you're giving, you're also giving hopes to other clubs in terms of maybe the local clubs around uh, to also, you know, have an eye on this particular kid. So tell us and help us understand how does this model work and what are your plans and how long do you see yourself, you know, uh, involved and invested in the grassroots side? Yeah, so uh, like you rightly mentioned, we do not have a senior team across any of the uh, genders. Uh, that being said, we have a goal of, uh, you know, having a senior team probably in the year of 2025. Until then, we'll be only focusing on the grassroots, I mean, on children's football and on youth football. Uh, as of now, we have teams which are under 15 as well as under 18. Uh, but then we are going to uh, focus mainly on the under-15 children and watch them, uh, you know, we were going to train them and watch them grow and probably they will be the first batch that would represent Thane City FC's senior team. 
also because you know running a senior team it's very taxing uh, in terms of resources uh, in terms of you know uh, your time and efforts and uh, uh, you you don't have i mean you don't know whether that same player is going to be with you the next year uh, and of course in senior team uh, the players expect compensation i mean of course they need to be compensated it's just that we are not in a position uh, financially to take that step yet we would in, uh, instead invest uh, the same amount of funds uh, resources and energy in youth uh, the under 13s and the under 15s and have them with us for like 2 3 years and in 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 the meanwhile if they get a team that is uh, playing at a higher division than us then we'll be more than happy to let them go but then yes of course keeping in mind the financial sustainability aspect and also uh, having a bottom up approach i think focusing on youth for the next 3 years for both men and women uh, it makes absolute sense Yeah, now you mentioned about the financial uh, aspect of it, right? I think most of the clubs or academies fall out or die down eventually is because that they don't get uh, financially right with things. So, and knowing the nature of Indian football, we've seen the reasons. Also, we know the reasons why they can't sustain. So, if you can probably help uh, the younger teams, or you know, if there are clubs and academies and people from there tuning into this show, how do you? suggest them or what's the viable option and what are you doing at stanya city fc to sustain it financially yeah i mean number one step should be get your revenue system revenue model in place i mean think of making money first it it, it might sound very straightforward and upfront but then that's what it is you know get your revenue system in place so that you can be in the development you know race for a longer run because like you mentioned there have been uh, so many clubs who come with a lot of passion and they try to do things and of course they make an impact but after 2 3 years uh, you know they think okay you know this is a lot of money going in from my pocket or they only rely on sponsors and uh, you know if the sponsor is having a bad day or a bad year or even if they themselves come into a position in which they have a lot of financial obligations other than football then of course the uh, football takes a back seat so number one thing would be at least try to figure uh, if not immediately within a year or within two years how is your uh, how are you going to make money and then you can focus more on the development aspect so for us as of now we have 800 children so for us we are certain that we won't be having a senior team until we reach at least 1200 children who are pay and play and the money coming in from the pay and play model the soccer school model that would be channelized towards our youth teams and ultimately our senior team so even if we don't have a sponsor we will make sure that we have a base that is created and that is a financially sustainable uh, you know ecosystem that we create within our club because uh, we you don't want to be in a position where Uh, you know the owners are putting in money every year from their own pocket i mean i've heard stories of course you know there are a lot of passionate people a lot of selfless people who come in football i was working in delhi where i came to know that there was someone who sold his house i mean he had a, a few of them but he sold one of his house to you know run the club for another 3 4 years so that's a uh that's a privilege not everybody has every i mean not everybody uh, every one of us have we don't have like you know multiple 
properties or something so uh, a better thing to figure out would be yes initially you can ask for funding you can ask uh, your friends and family for some financial help but make sure uh, a major part of that money and the funding that you get is going into create something that you know in in, in terms give you revenue that is something that we really have to focus on and uh, you know passion and all of course is there but then uh, it's just that if you have your own revenue system you would be able to create a bigger impact and for a longer time yeah some cue points there from mr prashant uh, to all those aspiring wanting to be club owners or academy owners so i think in the ones who are already there even for them it's a good learning and some good points there uh, prashant i'm coming now to the challenges aspect right i think with everything that we start uh, something new there definitely uh, challenges coming on the way and knowing that you were putting your step uh, putting your foot inside indian football right, which is filled only with challenges sometimes i feel with some uh, don't have solution to come out or you not know, to clear those challenges but if you can share your journey so far how has it been and what were those have there been any crucial points saying that probably you shouldn't have started this or you know something like that uh so i was in the us from 2007 to 2009 and the second half of 2009 i came back uh and i was uh, pursuing my aviation and when i came back of course there was a tedious process of converting your american license to indian so that took like you know a year in the meanwhile i was also you know training some children within my in my society itself and that's how the journey initially started and then of course after the kingfisher airlines shut uh, it was projected that there won't be any jobs for the next 2 3 years because it's a very niche market aviation so that's when i decided okay you know i have already uh, like 10 15 children why don't i make a team out of them and then uh, 10 15 turned into 20 30 40 50 and the next thing you know is that there was a small uh, you know academy setup that was coming up and that's when you know we start, started charging uh, minimal fees as well like we were charging 400 rupees a month for twice a week training because we were doing it at, uh, on a public ground so that's how it started it was basically just to cover uh, costs of the equipment and uh, you know uh, basic uh, uh, travel allowance for coaches so that's how it started and then in 2011 i got my coaching license and one thing led to the other and i think the major um so initially there were a lot of challenges in terms of infrastructure you know accessibility to infrastructure because before the turf culture coming up uh, 2014 is when there was a uh, a boom in the turf culture but before 2014 uh, to even uh, i mean the accessibility to public grounds was a major issue because it was dominated by cricket and then there were some grounds uh, which were not well maintained and of course in the evenings people used to go drink and throw their bottles there so it was not a very safe and a positive environment to train children because even uh, children would come and see uh, you know watch around parents would not send them so i think 2014 was a, a, a pivotal year and th- that's when each and every, that's where we see so many academies uh, if you have a graph of number of academies and the number of turfs you know they have grown together and it's only because the accessibility of infrastructure so in 2014 is when we thought like now uh, there are going to be more turfs in uh, in and around thane 
so and now we can actually rent that infrastructure uh, for an hour and it will be all ours under i mean under our control so that's when you know we started uh, something called as soccer cubs and uh, the whole point was uh, we start training in these turfs so at that time there were a lot of people who were like nahi nahi turf mein itna chhota isme nahi khela jata hai football you cannot play football in a 5v5 five a side turf in a seven a side turf so initially there were uh, some challenges uh, in convincing uh, you know parents in convincing some players in convincing some fellow coaches as well like this is the future and this is something that uh, you know does impact and because that time there was not much awareness about small sided games about futsal and how they actually complement football as well so initially those were the challenges but then uh, the whole uh, turf boom was uh something that we see uh is one of the reasons why there are so many academies in mumbai and and which is really great uh so one and apart from that one of the biggest challenges uh that even i have faced uh, and i'm sure every coaches face is one is the lack of awareness amongst parents like uh nowadays there is a, it's getting better but parents should be sending children to play a team sport any sport for that matter uh for some of the life skills that the children learn it's not only to make your child a football player you know there are some life skills like uh, teamwork like confidence so even if the girl or the boy uh, is not playing football at the age of 25 but then there are some you know social skills like confidence dealing with failure or even tolerance for that matter that is something they learn from a from an environment from a sporting environment a team sport environment not from the classroom so these are some of the uh, skills that parents should be aware of uh, these are some of the soft skills that parents should be aware of that their child gets uh, while they are a part of the team sport and apart from that i think the biggest challenge even now is that there is uh, there needs to be Uh, uh a sense of unity amongst all the coaches and all the academies because uh, uh we we should understand that we are not competing with each other because for thane city fc the local clubs the local academies are not the competition you know we have to see uh, look at the bigger picture in which what is competition for football as a whole so you know we are talking about these skating classes these music classes and all these other uh, co curriculars they are the actual competition so uh like for, uh, i keep talking to the other academy owners whenever i meet them like in thane there are only 2500 children approximately who are training uh with academies so the number one goal should be how do we get that number from 2500 to 10000 to 15000 to 20000 that should be the goal and then we can you know fight for our market share but um, uh with this number being 2500 we have to make sure that you know what is the turnover rate like are there children dropping out of football are there children coming in football so i think a sense of unity uh, amongst all coaches and all academies that has to develop and we have to look at the bigger picture and the bigger picture is more and more children playing football in the first place rather than how many children are coming to my academy so if the market size grows everyone's academy grows Yeah and I think that's the attitude I think most of us uh, in Indian football lack of uh, 
growing together of having you know each other's back in some way or the other yes there's competition but at the same time when somebody is fixed their eyes on a particular goal uh, i think that's what uh, also gives reaps benefits is to you know walk together and make sure that things are going in the right way prashant thank you so much for all those insights but i think all of these are enough to impress me or you know people who've been in the industry to uh, Kickstarter just makes me happy being from Bombay and also knowing Thane the different district but I think mostly one aspect that definitely excites all of them and then I catch you one and something that actually surprised all of us uh, is your partnership with Southampton and I think that's something uh, really is impressive it's not a club probably with many trophies to boast or is popular among the indian crowd in terms of how the top 6 clubs are but they are rightly so popular among the academy the players that they've produced and uh, tell us more about this partnership and what do you intend to have going ahead and how does it look uh, beneficial for thane yep uh, so this i mean the uh the talks started back in 2020 within our team that we were looking for a tie up with a club that would help us uh, in terms of technical expertise and you know who would hold our hands and take us uh, forward so we were open initially to clubs not only in the english premier league not only in europe but we were also looking at clubs in asia uh, because that's something you know everybody wants to jump the gun and directly go to the Uh, to europe or to uh, the uh, north america so what we were thinking of like you know we were also exploring some clubs uh, in iran there is one club in the philippines the city fc um, so we were also trying to have a discussion with these clubs and then what we figured out is uh, not all the clubs also match your value system because ultimately a partnership should, if it has to succeed in a long term it has to be built around the same value system because it cannot be transactional uh, because if you look at thane city fc it anyway cannot be transactional because we don't have crores of rupees that the isl clubs are paying for the partnership neither do we have you know millions of followers or even lakhs of followers we are just sitting at 2500 followers so that's uh, that's nothing so of course uh, in order to get the partnership we wanted to make sure that uh, you know we tie up with a club that matches the same value system that has a similar mindset uh, that we have of focusing mainly on youth so uh, that's when i had i was discussing with a friend of mine in the uk amit umar uh, so i was telling him so we were in talks with one of the portuguese club as well but then the language was a problem and they were looking to go very aggressive in india in which uh, you know they had plans like okay first year we see how this goes second year we want to go in two cities third year we want to go in ten cities and that is something uh, you know we were not ready for uh, because that would have made sense if it would have been a transactional purely commercial uh, partnership so uh, that's when uh, you know amit told me like you know he has someone in mind and he was working closely with the southampton guys and he uh, put forward this proposal like there is this club in india upcoming club and you know they are only going to be focusing on youth for the next 3 4 years and then build on uh, to have a senior team and of course uh, southampton also they you know we are we were just their uh, 11th partner at that time and we were only the second in asia so for a brand like southampton they can easily get 100 uh, you know partners in a within a year 
because uh, southampton is a global brand and everyone is aware of but then even southampton they really pick and choose who they partner with there were a round of interviews with me uh, they obviously studied my background where i come from all the work that i have done uh, the goals and the mission and the vision that thane city fc has so of course we were able to sell our dream because uh, we we had nothing else to offer we had no money we had no fan following uh, we just had our dream and uh, they bought into it and i think uh, for a, a club like southampton i think even this would fit in you know even their value system in help a small club and you know at from the early stages and watch them turn into an ifl or an i league team so uh, that's how it uh, it all started so of course we were super excited working with southampton and uh, uh, the talks went on for almost a year uh, if not more and now we finally signed a 3 plus 3 year uh, deal in which for the first 3 years we'll be only uh, establishing a working relation and we will be uh, focusing mainly on the residential academy setup they will be helping us with the curriculum and how do we go with that apart from that they will be also regularly interacting with our coaches there will be a monthly webinar with our coaches to uh, upgrade and update our coaches as well so yeah initially the first 3 years i'm being honest that there is not a lot that we are going to do but then yes of course we are going to build a, a healthy working relation with the southampton guys and coach education residential academy curriculum as well as some help with the soccer school so these are the three things for the first 3 years that uh, we will be exploring with southampton yeah and i think that's the most important uh, uh, three aspects that you mentioned to build on and then see how that reaps benefits right i think uh, most importantly is to get few things right at the start at the ground level and i think that's absolutely bang on that you guys have got club like southampton that boasts of such a history and also uh, known for his academy and you know of the grassroots level and i think for a team like yours that's invested heavily in grassroots they could have they couldn't have been a better match than this congratulations on that aspect uh, my final uh, question to you is what does the future look like for thane city as a club i know uh, none of us are certain about what the future holds with all situation that we are in but what have you planned for thane and in the aspects of its growth and apart from the fact that you know you all want to field a second division team in uh in the i league by 2025 26 and then probably an iwl team but apart from that what can we expect from thane city fc yeah in terms of the immediate milestones and the uh, immediate goals uh, we are looking at starting our uh, residential academy in the uh, next season which is the 22 uh, 23 so that's in the pipeline we are already in talks with the uh, guys who are handling our infrastructure and probably by Uh, mid of feb we'll be able to announce uh, more information on the residential setup apart from that uh, we have a plan to increase the number of children participating in our soccer school so from 800 we are aiming to take it to 1000 by the end of this year and uh, of course we have our performance batches in place so uh, you know also having via more coach education even improving the quality of our coaches and upgrading them to handle youth competitive teams so our under 13 and under 15s mainly so uh, apart from the residential setup we also have performance teams 
uh, within our uh, centers and within the soccer school so if you ask me the next two years it's only going to be uh, focus on the uh, under 13 and under 15 teams and increase the number of children in our soccer school as well as the residential program because they are the cash cows that's where the revenue comes in and so that we invest in our under 13 and under 15 teams which will be playing the youth i league probably we might not play the under 13 youth i league it's because uh, you know there are a lot of differences when we think about 12 year olds playing on a full size ground with a full size goal post but under 15 for sure and uh, after a year or two once this batch graduates then they also play the under 18 so the youth leagues is something that we are going to focus on for the next 3 years and uh, that's what even we have promised southampton and that's where we will be making the most of their expertise in terms of youth development great there were some great insights into thane city fc and prashant thank you so much for all the all those points that you shared and i don't want to limit yourself uh, you know to box you into saying you are just the owner of thane city fc let me tell our audience and listeners that you know prashant is also part of the aiff grassroots panel he's also one of the instructors uh, so if you've done any of you've done your coaching badges at the grassroots level you must have definitely seen prashant around uh, being the instructor there but i think i'll have you again on the show probably just talking about a coach education aspect so this was just exclusively about what uh, what are the happenings at thane city fc and prashant once again thank you so much for taking time talking to me and coming on the show thank you so much siju and the pleasure was all mine great Well, thank you once again to all our listeners who've tuned in. Thank you so much for being patient that we could not uh, release an episode in the last week. And uh, this is our first episode of the new year, but many more coming up in the coming weeks and the months. So stay tuned. Do follow and subscribe to the Totally Indian Football Show. I'm your host, Sujoo, and I have a great year ahead.